You are listening to the Wesley Seminary Podcast out of Wesley Seminary in Iowa. Your host today is Dr. Aaron Perry, Assistant Professor of Pastoral Care. Is play frivolous or very important? Is play worthwhile? Is it worth your time? Is play a part of pastoral ministry and spiritual leadership? Those are some of the questions we're going to engage today. I remember one time saying no to going out to a fun night with some non-Christian friends. I said no because I thought I had more important things to do, and the Holy Spirit convicted me in the moment. And he said, what about your life is going to draw them? Now, of course, they would possibly be drawn by uh, other aspects of my life. But the Spirit was saying to me in that moment, that there has to be some element of fun. I was drawn to today's guest, Dr. Brian Edgar. Because of the title of the book he just written, The God Who Plays, A Playful Approach to Theology and Spirituality, Dr. E- Dr. Edgar, from a uh, fun and playful and yet uh, scholarly perspective, engages the topic of play. Dr. Edgar is Professor of Theological Studies at Asbury Theological Seminary. He is married to Barbara, has two daughters. He lives in Australia, and he is uh, the author not only of The God Who Plays, but also God is Friendship. I think you're going to enjoy today's episode because it's a, for some of us, it might be a challenge. For others, it might be a great reminder. And for others, just plain good news that God wants us to enjoy life. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for a word from our sponsor and then check out the episode. Thanks so much. Hi, my name is Tenley Horner and I am Wesley. Hi, I'm David Rosenthal and I am Wesley. Hi, I'm Yvette McCracken Nursery. And I am Wesley. Well, welcome to the uh, podcast, Dr. Edgar. It's great to have you with us. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So you've written this book, The God Who Plays, A Playful Approach to Theology and Spirituality. It's published by Cascade Books. Let me just start out. Maybe this is a, is a topic that people might think, uh, well, I already know about play. Like, I, I kind of know about that just by my personal experience. Maybe they might even say, um, you know, why do I need to bother thinking about play. You know, that's not really where I am. It's not the life of the professional or whatever else. It's, it's kind of divorced from their work. Uh, so if they are thinking those things, let me just start with a, a quick kind of definition question. What do you mean by play? Oh, well, obviously play can be a wide variety of things, but I think at the heart of it all, it's uh, an activity that you do simply because you enjoy it. <clears throat> There's no other real purpose in doing it. Uh, you're not producing something. You're not doing something for some somebody else. Uh, you are, uh, if you are doing something for some other reason, then you're probably working rather than playing. But play is about things that have no apparent usefulness at all. It's about doing things which, if you look at them quite objectively, are sometimes quite strange. Uh, like trying to kick a ball between two posts or uh, dressing up in funny clothes. Uh, uh, play is very unproductive. And so that, that's what leads people to say sometimes, oh, stop wasting your time. You're just playing because play doesn't produce anything. But that's exactly the point of play. Play is an end in itself. It's something that you do simply because you enjoy doing it. And yet it's a topic that you take seriously because you wrote a book on it. So what's the balance between that kind of playing as just for its own sake and then yeah. 
uh, play is something to be seriously considered. Hey, I, one thing I liked about the book, as I give you a chance to maybe think about the question, um, one thing I liked about the book is that you sprinkled throughout it jokes and illustrations and even encouragements to play, you know? So it was really still a mm. playful book, but at the same time, even though it was a playful book, it was still work. So what's the balance or, or what's the relationship then between the sense of play as that which we do for no other purpose, but for enjoyment and work or, or, and play is something that ought to be considered seriously. Well, I think that uh, by learning to play, we learn about an attitude towards life as a whole. Play is not just something that's isolated into a, a few minutes here and there. Where you say, I'll, I'll, I'll play now. Uh, uh, learning to play as a child is something that uh, creates an attitude in our, in our lives. It's a, it's a way of looking at life. And so although I've just said that it doesn't produce anything, uh, not directly for other people, it does have tremendous value. Uh, first of all, obviously, there's the, the pleasure that we, we learn from playing. We, we enjoy it. We, we learn that, that uh, life can contain uh, or does contain an aspect that is, that is pleasurable and, and really enjoyable. And it's also uh, relational. Play is very relational. Uh, I, I know there are some games that you can play by yourself, but, but basically play is best done when it's done with, with other people. And, uh, and so we are engaging in a relationship. And that's what children are doing when they're, when they're playing. They're, they're learning about engaging in relationships. And this becomes really important. And perhaps uh, 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 I certainly was surprised when I started to reflect on it, particularly when I read things like uh, the well-known writer G.K. Chesterton said, uh, and I quote, the true object of all human life is play. Hmm. And you think, Wow! Wow! Um, is, how, how does that? And he, being a being a, a, a good Christian, it wasn't just about playing, uh, for, in a sense, for ourselves, but um, it's playing with God. Ultimately, it's about learning about enjoying life, and in particular, enjoying God. And and the point of writing the book is to say that I think that play lies at the very heart of our relationship with God. The kind of relationship that God wants to have with us is one of pleasure and enjoyment uh, and, and play. Uh, and that's what we're doing as we learn about play in life, learning to engage in a relationship uh, with God, a relationship of play. So it's pretty obvious then, as you've, as you've described it there, there's a deep connection then between play and the spiritual life. Uh, one of the things that you say in the book is that our relationship with Christ is of a maturity beyond servant and master, that it has to have a maturity beyond that. And you describe that as a, a relationship that can be filled with play is one that's a very mature relationship, right? When there's, when there's so much that is known of the other person and, and known at a level and that one can simply be in the presence and engage in activity with the other simply for, for joy's own sake, right? Just yeah, enjoying the yeah, other. Right. And I love how that was described as right. a kind of maturity. Um, yeah. And of course, Chesterton has that, that famous line of, of uh, God saying to the sun and the moon every day, do it again, and to all the daisies, <laughs> do, do it again, right? And he has this brilliant line. He says, uh, we have sinned and grown old, and our father is younger than we. And, you know, to be reminded that God yes. himself is, is playful, right? That God takes joy uh, in, in, his, in his own life. That God takes joy in That's the life right. of what he's created. And that giving us, when we are playing, we're getting a glimpse into the divine triune life. 
That's right. We are, we are to learn. Things are reversed in God's kingdom. We are to learn from children. Mm. Um, they are the ones who teach us uh, about faith. Uh, and, and we tend to get things back to front. Um, and, and you're very right. This, this contrast between uh, being a disciple and, and working for God and then the maturity of playing with God. Mm. Uh, that, that was stunning for me when I, when I was looking at John 14 so, some years ago, um, where the disciples have been following Jesus around for probably several years by then. They'd been learning from him, following, uh, hearing what he said and, and engaging in mission with him. And he says to them, I've taught you everything that you need to know. And then he says, I no longer call you servants. Mm. Uh, instead, I've called you friends. And I, I, I suddenly struck the, me that we, we as the church, we've reversed that. We, think, we tend to think that um, uh, uh, Jesus, friend of little children, that's, that's, that's a beginning point. But as you grow up and develop, uh, we tend to think the important thing is to learn to get serious and be engaged in ministry and service and sacrifice and work and, and so on. But in actual fact, Jesus has it the other way around. Uh, they begin as servants. I'm, and he says, I no longer call you servants, but now you become friends mm. and we enter into a new relationship of friendship and joy and pleasure. And, and that's where Jesus wants to take us into that kind of much more intimate relationship rather than just as a servant king, servant master relationship, but a, but a friend-friend relationship, which is just so much more gracious and intimate and warm and playful. Well, I'm thinking about uh, the time I took to play with my son this morning. My wife was working yes. and I have a, a, a flexible schedule on Wednesdays. And so I'm playing mm -hmm. with my son and it was interesting how the um, our our puppy was able to join in the play. There was something infectious about it, right? Yes, and, and certainly I relate to my dog as as master to to dog, right? Like the dog is not in charge of her home. Unfortunately, I think sometimes our pets can become in charge, and mm -hmm. and goodness knows she wants to be to rule sometimes, right? But but in that moment, <clears> you know, as I'm playing with my son, and she catches that she wants to join in with the play as well. And there's really an interesting way that my relationship with my son is formed in that play, and then even with the animals is formed in the in that play as well. Absolutely, it, um, uh, indeed, in the Psalms and in and in Job, there are places where where, where the whole of creation uh, is described as playing. The the animals are leaping for joy in the presence of God. Hmm. Uh, and that's the kind of picture that um, that there is of the relationship that God wants with us. Um, in, 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 in Zechariah, he talks about uh, the future, the future city, the holy Jer the new Jerusalem, the holy city. And, and there it says the streets will be filled with boys and girls playing mm. uh, and there's animals leaping around and doing all sorts of things. And, uh, and, that, and that's where our relationship ought to be headed. Uh, with, with God. Joining us today is Dr. Brian Edgar. Dr. Edgar is the author of The God Who Plays. It is published by Cascade Books. Uh, it's about a playful approach to theology and spirituality. So, uh, Dr. Edgar, let me pivot the conversation into pastoral leadership. We've got a lot of people who listen in who are, are pastors, lay leaders in their church. They're, they're invested in the spiritual lives and the spiritual growth of their churches and their, and their colleagues. 
and their, their friends. Um, why might you say it's especially important for pastors to play and even to model play for those under their spiritual care? Well, I think it is important. Uh, it is, uh, but it's also, it also can be quite um, uh, revolutionary because the church is, does not always, has not always had uh, a good history in terms of teaching people about play in their own lives or about a playful relationship uh, with God. The church has tended uh, over time to have a more positive relationship with, uh, with work and service and, uh, and, and discipline. Um, uh, let me just give you a couple of, a couple of quotes. Um, going back uh, as early as the, uh, the fourth century, the great Christian leader, uh, Chrysostom, uh, felt that he had to deal with some people who he thought um, had a little bit too much levity. And he said, uh, this world is not a theatre in which we can laugh and we are not assembled together in order to burst into peals of laughter, but to weep for our sins. But some of you still want to say, I would prefer God to give me the chance to go on laughing and joking. But is there anything more childish than thinking this way? It's not God who gives us a chance to play, but the devil. Yeah, end quote, which is a pretty devastating uh, critique of, uh, of play. And, uh, and, and John Wesley himself, uh, the, the, the early Methodists were running schools. And, uh, and Wesley said, we prohibit play in the strongest terms. Uh, and he goes on to describe how the students are to get up early and, and they shall not be indulged in. Uh, and then he said, for those who play when they are young will play when they are old. Uh, he, he didn't have a very positive view of playing. So, scandal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a scandal. <laughs> it, it is terrible. This terrible thing of play. Uh, and so we still, I don't think it's as, as bad as that today. I, I don't think it's bad as that. But um, uh, I do, uh, having written the book, get communications from people who say, oh, thank you very much for the book. Uh, I come from a tradition where uh, laughter, smiling, uh, play is frowned upon, uh, and I think that's uh, that's that's tragic, because it means that we're missing out on uh, trying to live in the present, in the way that uh, that we will live in the future. Um, I think people Christians are probably used to the idea that we, we are uh, meant to be uh, representations of the future kingdom of God. We're meant to bring to the world an idea of what God's kingdom is, is, is like. And when we look in scripture at what the future kingdom of God is going to be like, it's always described in terms of dance and play and, and joy. Um, but we tend to say, oh, in the present day, you've got to work. Mm. You've, got, you've, got, you've got to be engaged in service. And, uh, and all of that stuff is deferred until the, the future. But we really should, I think, be living out the future in the present. And so those of us who have responsibility for teaching and preaching, we should be teaching people about what the future kingdom of God is like and helping people to live that in the present. Hmm. Let's drill down a little bit more specifically. You've got a chapter in the book on, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you've got a chapter in the book on uh, worship and faith. And part of that you discuss specifically is the relationship of play to prayer. Talk to us about how play and prayer are related. Yeah, sure. Look, I was very pleased in the, in, uh, when I started to look at what the, uh, the history of the church said about uh, play. Uh, but while there is not a lot there that is, that is really positive, 
there are some gems. And uh, people may uh, uh, know uh, of Thomas Aquinas, the, uh, uh, the great uh, medieval theologian. And uh, uh, if you've been engaged in any theological study, you might have um, tried to, to read some of Aquinas. And it's pretty tough stuff uh, uh, to read. And he, he comes across generally as... Um, Whoa, a, a real academic, and it's a, it's you know get you get into this. It's hard work, but he had some really positive things to say about play and its relationship to prayer, and that's one of the only places that I, that I found it. But he starts off by taking the traditional line and saying, "Look, there can be too much play. People can play too much, and there can be the wrong kind of play as well. It can be abusive, or it can be self-indulgent." But then he said, you also ought to consider that there might be a, uh, a sin of not playing enough, uh, too little play, uh, which was, I think, quite remarkable for his time. And then he said, play is like prayer, and we should have a playful attitude in our prayer. Because both, and he made the, the, the point with which I, I began the talk, discussing both prayer and play, are activities that are undertaken purely for their own sake. And this is what we learn from play that we should apply to prayer. If we look at prayer as a, a utilitarian mechanism for getting something out of God, then we've missed the point. Prayer ought to be something that we engage in for no other reason than that we enjoy it. And so we should take a playful attitude into our prayer, not trying to achieve something from it, mm. but first of all, uh, just enjoy the presence of God in the same way that you enjoy playing, whatever it is that you like to do and you just do it because you want to, then go into prayer and just try and enjoy God. Mm. Uh, that's not to say that other things won't happen, that the, the, the intercessory prayer and, and asking God for his blessing in uh, our lives or other people's lives is not, is not uh, valid, but it must grow out of this. And he talks about pl play being like contemplative prayer, uh, contemplating and just enjoying and appreciating the presence of God. Let's suppose we've got some people listening in and they, they were initially very stoic and were you know, reluctantly clicked on the button to listen to this because they thought, what in the world good is play going to be for my, my ministry yeah. right? or my, my work, my life? You know, they, they reluctantly clicked, but now they're sold. How can a person who has uh, not been involved in play or maybe can't even conceive of how that's been a part of their life for a while, how can they start even now just developing this kind of playful character and activity might be, that might be called play. Well, let, let me help them um, justify doing this by saying, uh, uh, I, I am in a sense being playful by constantly using the term play and laughter and other things. But if you want to be really theological about it, you could say that what we're talking about is joy. I think joy in the Christian world has got a, a much better press than play has. Uh, joy is a, uh, a, an, an acceptable way of looking uh, at things. And there is the, the joy of the Lord. But then if we ask, uh, when the rubber hits the road, what is joy? Uh, joy is laughter. Joy is playfulness. If you want to see it expressed, uh, 
then uh, you you can't be joyful and uh, and have a, a, a grim a grim face. Uh, you can only be joyful if you're smiling and laughing and enjoying life. Uh, we can even make a distinction. I think there. Uh, people do make a barrier between a theological concept of joy and enjoying. Uh, so the question is, can, can you enjoy? Do you, do you demonstrate in your life some enjoyment, some pleasure? Uh, of course, it's true. It's absolutely true that the gospel is about sin and salvation. Uh, but sin and evil has been defeated, not might be defeated, not will be defeated, but mm. has been defeated. And we should be living out a, a gospel of joy. Mm. I, can, I can understand it can be tough, though, for sometimes for people, because it depends a lot on what you've been taught as a child. Well, yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking about there, there maybe to give ourselves permission to learn how to play. You yeah, know, absolutely. That, yeah. You know, and, and what a gift then. Like my life is filtered through my kids at this time, you know, because they, they, they take up much of my energy and my thought and my heart. And, and I, I've learned to, like, to accept them as a gift. And part of the gift they give to me is helping to reteach me how to play. Because they, they do it naturally, right? The context is given. The freedom yeah. is given for them in the home to play and to be with one another and, and uh, you know, to, if squabbles get too intense that somebody's going to help them out of it. Uh, they have context where they can play. And because they do so, so much more naturally, it's humbling for me to get down and say, okay, how can they teach me how to play? And so maybe one thing I would just say as one who can uh, lean into the direction of work is just, I've had to learn how to say no to something that seems very, very, very important in order to say yes to something that seems very, very, very important to my kids. Because maybe, maybe what seems important to them and not important to me is kind of a yeah. path into enjoying something just for its own sake. Oh, that's so important. I think we really do have to take seriously the words of our Lord when he said uh, you know, about children, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, uh, little children have got a lot to teach us about, about the kingdom of heaven, about the life of the kingdom of heaven. They are the fundamental expression of what the kingdom of heaven uh, is about. Uh, we should be learning from them. Mm. Joining us today has been Dr. Brian Edgar. Dr. Edgar is the author of The God Who Plays, A Playful Approach to Theology and Spirituality. He is, that's published by Cascade Press. Brian, thanks so much for taking the last uh, 20, 25 minutes to have a it's playful a conversation with us and to laugh and to maybe spread, a, spread some uh, joy to our listeners. Thank you for doing that. That's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for, for asking me to do it. And uh, thank you listeners for making this conversation possible. Your listening in makes it possible and gives me a good chance to say no to other things, to say yes to these kinds of conversations. And I really appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you again, Dr. Egder. I trust that you all will have a great day. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the name Wesley Seminary.